Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Meghla Bhardwaj, and today we're going to be talking about Amazon listings and copywriting for your Amazon listings. So I have with me Anna, who's an Amazon copywriter, and she's going to be talking to us about how you can improve your um, Amazon listings copy so that they can appear, so that you can make more sales, basically. (laughs) Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much, Anna, for joining us. So, yeah, we've been connected for quite a while on Facebook now. We've been following each other. And I know you're a single mom and, you know, <laughs> you post about that as well, the struggles of being a single mom. So, yeah, really fun to have you on the podcast. And thanks so much for joining me. So um, very important and relevant topic that we are covering today, um, copywriting for Amazon. It's not easy. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. I've, I've tried to do it myself, but yeah, it's 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 seems simple you just need to write a title and bullet points and description that's it it's not a lot of text but yeah it's it's not easy so super excited about talking about all that so Anna first of all do you want to give an introduction and tell us about yourself your background and how you're helping Amazon sellers okay so um I've been in the Amazon space for less than three years so not that long but before that I was um so I'm a bit I'm, I'm, I'm not as young as the Amazon community hey right I'm not I'm not a millennial so you know half the time that I'm speaking to people I'm like listening to teacher you know and I give off that like teacher vibe but um essentially I was in traditional marketing before I got into the Amazon space so I was heavily into advertising in both above and below the line. You know, I dabbled in it a little bit, but I was really focused more on like public relations, marketing, like in-store marketing. I did a lot of uh, events and stuff like that. So, you know, my, my, my perspective in this whole digital marketing revolution was really coming from the place of somebody who'd been practicing this and who learned copywriting on the job, if you would. So I didn't take a course. I didn't, you know, I didn't read up on all these books. My grandmother is a published author. My mother was a, was a speech writer. So I guess it runs in the blood, I suppose, you know? And um, so I'm the one who got bitten by it. And um, I've been writing professionally since like 2008 or something like that, like more or less, right? So it's been quite a while. And getting into Amazon was, it, it has a lot of the same principles that you would use in traditional marketing, just word it differently. And of course, you've got that character count that you mentioned. And here's a quick um, little tidbit about writing. The shorter it is, the harder it is to write. So That's the title true. is actually the hardest part of your listing to write. Like you get that title, if you're a good title writer, you're golden, you're good. <laughs> So yeah, that's my background, and uh, that's that's what I, what I. And I'm a single mom, and I work from home, so I get no sleep. I miss sleep. I miss my bed. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm using a lot of concealer right now to to hide my flaws. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. So let's talk about listings. So first of all. Um, organic SEO. This is something that, you know, people talk about. And uh, we were talking earlier before we hit the record button. So you were saying that people do PPC, but they often ignore the organic part of the listing. So what what exactly do you mean by that? And how can people, uh, I mean, why should people not ignore the organic SEO aspect? So I feel like in order to to increase your chances of ranking, um, so what's the point of ranking, right? It's not just to get on page one. People often say, to rank, like, what? why do I want to rank? I want to get on page one. That's not it. The reason why you want to rank is because you want to get in front of the customer that wants to buy a product. 
That's why you want to rank, okay? And the only way that you're going to do that is if you employ both types of SEO, okay? There's the PPC, and there's also the organic. Now, the organic, what I say by organic, these are the keywords that you use to populate your listing, your title, your bullets, and to a certain extent, your product description, the back end also, you know? So these are the words that, that people are using when they search for your product. Now, it gets a little bit iffy there because it's not like you can just key in these words and like forget about it, right? A lot of the words that people, people don't usually mind their grammar when they're searching on Amazon, right? People aren't going to be like, wait, let me grammarly this before I put it in the search bar, you know? So a lot of the keywords that you come up with, the long tail keywords are a mess. They're a jumble and it takes real creativity and a little bit of strategy to know where to put that in the front end or your organic SEO in order to get yourself in front of the customer who is using that keyword to search for your product. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a cycle there, right? You use the keyword that the customer is using, you do it in a very creative way, right? To put yourself in front of that customer and say, hey, guess what? This is the product that you need in your life. You can't just rely on PPC. A lot of people are just like, PPC this, PPC that. Yes, PPC is important, but you also need the organic. You can't ignore the organic. So let's dig a little deeper into that and specifically talk about, you know, let's start with the title. So what are some things that people need to keep in mind when they are writing their title or thinking about their title? Okay. Oh my God. Your terms of service. That is so important. Amazon will slap you on the wrist in a big way if you betray any of the terms of service in your category. So any responsible seller, you got to know what you can and cannot do. Now, I know that a lot of people like what they're doing is that they're looking for like a good product in helium 10 or whatever have you, and then they're sourcing it in from India or China, and then they decide to sell it without doing the due diligence of like looking back and seeing what are the restrictions that Amazon has placed on your product. You'd be surprised. There are a lot. Lately, the one that has been giving me pause is the, uh, the pesticide ruling of Amazon. So for example, you can't say things like germs. You can't say things like bacteria. And I have actually heard of baby diapers, like disposable baby diapers of being, you know, Amazon said you can't upload this listing because it says that your diapers are bacteria free. Of course, they're saying that they're bacteria free. If you're a mother and you're buying diapers, you want the diapers to be bacteria free. But Amazon's like, no, no, you can't put that. So your title has to be very careful that it does not contain any of those flag words. That's number one. So you got to find out what those are in your category and you got to, you got to, you know, correspond with those. The second one is your title is a snapshot of your product. So you've got 76 to 78 characters to play with for mobile. Okay. Then you've got around 200 characters total to play with for your category. I would suggest minimizing that to around 180 characters. So don't write the entire 200, kind of limit it to 180, just in case that you want to put like whatever at the very end, like for example, your product name or whatever have you. Okay. Now, as a customer, when they key in their search term, they should be able to look at your title and say, I get it. That makes sense to me. If you're going to be like putting up like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Lazada, but here like in the Philippines, we got Lazada and their titles are, are fun. They're so much fun. You have no idea what they're selling. You know, <laughs> like you'll be, you'll be buying a planter pot, right? You want, you want a nice little planter pot for your, for your spider plant. And that the way the title is written, you're not actually sure if you're buying the plant or you're buying the plant pot or you're buying the macrame chair that it comes beside the plant pot, like you don't know. So the title has to be abundantly clear. What is the person getting? So it's a management of expectations, but it's also a little bit of a marketing tool. 
right? You're writing it in such a way that piques the interest of the buyer. You're writing it in a way that will increase your click-through rate because people are going to want to click at that title and be like, well, that's interesting. That's exactly what I'm looking for. How can I get that in my life, right? So click and then they bump off to your listing and you've done your job. Your title's done its job. At the same time, here's the third thing about the title. You need to have the correct SEO, okay, so that you're on that page that you want to be on. It's a little bit of a, it's a, little bit of a, a game, you know, it's a little bit of a juggling act, but like I said, if you if you can write a good title for your Amazon listing, you're golden. You've done like 50% of the work for sure. Yeah, that is a struggle actually, right? I mean, some titles just, even on Amazon, they feel like they're just stuffed with keywords and it doesn't make sense yeah. at all. <laughs> You'll be surprised. You know, my son was saying this the other day and he actually gave me an example. Like he was searching for some, I don't know, some laser or something that he wanted to buy from Amazon. And he's like, why are Amazon titles are like, you know, like he just... It said this string of keywords and I was like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> exactly. So and like, as a customer, you don't know what you're buying. You're like, so confused. And, and they're not readable also, right? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like you, when you read a headline of a story or an article, you know, it makes sense. It tells a story, but um, yeah, for Amazon, it's just, it just feels like a string of keywords. So how do you find that balance? I mean, you mentioned a couple of things, but how it, what are some tips that you can give to people to find that sort of balance so that it, it is, it's meaningful and at the same time, it's also good for SEO? So the first part is uh, write the title last. Okay. A lot of beginner copywriters, the tip that I give them, do the title last. Fill up the entire listing, okay? Write your bullets, write your product description, write your A+, write whatever it is that you got to write, and then dial back to your title and be like, what's important and that's all you write to the absolute essentials the elevator pitch if somebody's in an elevator for you for all of two seconds and you want to grab their attention that's what your title does okay so i would start with your main keyword and it has to be a keyword that makes sense so for example let's go back to the pot that i said if you're going to be like you know plant pot like you have no idea if it's a ceramic pot or if it's a metal pot or if it's a hanging pot, right? So you've got to be a lot more specific than just plant pot, okay? So be more specific. Your first keyword has, has to be a long tail. That's really specific. Follow it up with your features. Keep within the 78 character limit for mobile. So your first 78 characters, it has to make sense, okay? And then certain sellers, what they're doing is that the first five words in that listing in their title, okay? That's going to be the canonical URL for Google, so they're paying attention to the first five words as well. So there's a couple of different things that you got to look at, but I think like the best formula, start with a very relevant long tail keyword, follow it up with dimensions, colors, sizes, whatever have you, like the salient information that people really need to know. And then you can continue with the rest of your keywords. You can actually use the very end to keyword stuff. I don't usually, you know, I don't usually encourage keyword stuffing, but Pretty much nobody reads the very end of the title. Like when you get to like maybe 150 characters on, to my knowledge, it's usually a dot, dot, dot on the laptop, right? So you would have to click on the title to understand the full title anyway. So that's like your space, the, the kind of hidden space to play around with, you know? Right. But yeah, that would be a good formula. So to start with main keyword, sizes, dimensions, you know, the, the stuff that customers absolutely need to know, then cover the features and do the keywords. Right. And then what about separators like commas or 
dashes or you know a, a vertical line do you advise using any of those in in the title or i would use them very sparingly okay. i would use them very sparingly because actually amazon does not like punctuation because oh, amazon is, is amazon you know because okay. it's, it's you know it's a it's a temperamental adolescent that way you know now i don't like punctuation so don't put any commas in my listing but you can put dashes Okay. The vertical line, I think, is outruled now. Okay. okay. But um, you can put, like, for example, you can't write out inches, but you can put the quotation marks. So, you know what I would do? I would go in Seller Central, and they have, like, an entire list of, like, the things that you can and cannot do, can and cannot put into your title, and just, like, follow Amazon's rules. So you don't get a slap on the wrist from this <laughs> temperamental adolescent. And the rules keep changing, right? So you have to like <laughs> go look bookmark at that. the page, refresh <laughs> the page constantly. Yes. So much fun. <laughs> okay. Storytelling. Why yes. is storytelling important? And how can we tell a story on an Amazon listing? Okay. So I find that a lot of sellers want us to stick to the features and the benefits that they have laid out, right? So I meet an Amazon seller and the Amazon seller says to me, I'm buying a stapler, okay? And this stapler is color blue and it's compact. And I always push back and say, thank you for letting me know, but that's not what your buyer wants to know. And one thing that people have to remember, they are not buying their product, their customer is. And their customer needs to know how this product fits into their lives. Sellers may not want to use those character limits to tell a story. I get it. You know, they want to fill that up with the features and the benefits that are important to them. They spent a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of energy in developing this product. They want to see it represented well. But at the same time, they have to remember, okay, that it's the customer doing the buying, not them. Okay, so there has to be that separation, which is why a lot of people hire copywriters because they acknowledge that they cannot be the ones to market their product because a lot of the things that they deem really important are not what their customers find important, if that makes sense. So what you would need to do is to weave a story around this little stapler, okay? You're going to want to talk about how it's used. You're going to want to talk about the use cases, but you can't just say kitchen use, office use, desk use. You can't just say that. You have to say when you're stapling your recipes in the kitchen, this thing will keep you organized. You have to say, you know, when you're in the office and you're like sifting through paper, it's the worst thing is when your papers are flying all over the place. When you're going from one meeting to the next and then you're out, you're walking, all of a sudden your papers just wind up all over Main Street. You don't want that, right? So you've agitated a pain point by telling a story. That's one example. You're engaging the market that way. You're telling them, this is how this product fits into your life. I get your life. I understand you. I see you. Guess what? My stapler is what you need to make your life a great life. That's what storytelling does. And do you mostly tell that story in enhanced brand content or do you also tell that story in descriptions like bullet points or how do you tell that? Well, um, that's a really good question. I would say that the main tool you have for telling that story would be the enhanced brand content and your video. So those are the two highly, the most converting tools that you have in your Amazon listing arsenal, okay? But um, if, for example, you're not registered, right? And you don't have access to video, you don't have access to an EBC, that's fine. You can use your product description. 
okay? Project, product descriptions, they come out first in mobile. And mobile users, whether it's on, you know, for example, Google Chrome or Safari or whatever, or on the Amazon app, they're growing in number, okay? So you have to recognize that a lot of mobile users will experience your listing differently from how a desktop user would experience it. If you're looking at a mobile buyer, for example, mobile phone accessories, chances are they're going to be using their mobile phone to buy the to buy the product, right? So if that's the category that you're in, you're going to want to think about strongly think about your your mobile user and your mobile user sees the product description first. That's when you can tell your story. Okay. Now, for example, if your if your user is more in luxury goods, like you're selling jewelry or whatever have you right, or like a very nice shirt or some like high-end home, home stuff, right, then chances are people are going to be using their desktops to buy that stuff because you probably wouldn't be buying luxury goods using your cell phone. You want a, a little bit more information. You want to see the pictures blown up in a bigger way, right? That's when you know that they're probably going to be looking at the bullet points first. They're going to be looking at the images first. So you put more of your storytelling there. There's certain strategic thought that you have to put in, like you have to put yourself in the buyer's shoes and say, what's their journey when they discover my listing? And that's where you, you decide where you're going to put your story. Ideally, everything should have a story. Right. And how much text do you think people read, you know, on, on a listing? Because, um, I mean, I'm just thinking of myself when I shop. I mostly focus on the images. Mm-hmm. And then I just skim through the text <laughs> just mm-hmm. to make sure that this, pro- this is the product that I'm looking for. Um, and then, yeah, I would probably have rarely read the description. And um, yeah, I mean, that's it. And of course, reviews, then I go straight to the reviews. Yeah. So yeah. in your experience, how, how much do you think people actually read the bullet points and you know, how do we make well, sure? Yeah. You're really right that people don't usually read much. So um, there, are two, there are two answers to that. Uh, the first one is, and it, for me, it's all reliant on the algorithm it's all completely relying on the algorithm. Now, I usually put my bullets between 200 to 250 characters each. And the reason for that is because there are two two trains of thought. Either number one, the algorithm only indexes the first 1,000 characters, or it only indexes the first 500 characters. Nobody really knows, okay? So if anybody knows, please hit me up. Like, I would really (laughs) love to know that information. If you have any insight into the algorithm, please, like, hit me up. So if it's going to be the first 1,000 characters, then you want your bullets to be 200 characters because you've got five bullets to play with, which means that all five bullets will have been indexed by the algorithm, okay? If it's going to be 500 characters, then you're okay with 250, especially because on mobile, usually only the first two bullets show up. So for the most part, people only really, really, really read those first two bullets, unless they're really like intrigued or there's like really big information that they want to know when they press click through, when they go through the, the bullets, like they... they press that button in order for them to see all five bullets, right? So ideally it's between 200 and 250, which means that these are around three sentences. And that's enough information for you to create a headline, right? For people to be intrigued by what that bullet is saying, okay? And then to weave a little bit of a story, not too long, just like nice and succinct to tell that person about why that benefit matters in their life. So usually what I do is that the header is the benefit and then the body of the bullets is, are the features that support the benefit. Now, it's true, people don't usually read the bullets. So what they'll do is that they'll refer to the bullets if they need extra information on the product. They will check the images first, and the images also have copy. So the images, I say, are a, they're like a tease. 
you know, the images, the infographics, they're there to kind of increase your click-through rate because it's very rare, I feel, that people will buy off of the images. That people will look at the images and be like, oh yeah, definitely, I'm gonna add to cart and I'm gonna check out now, right? People are gonna wanna read a little bit more. Is there an A plus? Is there like, I wanna go to the reviews. I wanna see what people are saying about the product, right? So um, the bullet points are there mostly for the algorithm and just in case people happen to read them. So that's why I say, you know, write nicely, write fluently, just in case people read them. But at the same time, keep it short and sweet because the algorithm only indexes so much. Makes sense. Okay, so one of the talking points that you mentioned is KISS. Keep it simple, silly, right? <laughs> what is that all about? People don't want to read a novel on Amazon. It doesn't even matter what education level they have. You know, you can be talking to a CEO. And in fact, this is the case for LinkedIn as well, by the way. Even on LinkedIn, which is like the business platform, right? You still write very simply because people are reading on their mobiles. People are reading on, people are reading like when they're scrolling through their feeds, like when they're taking a break from work or they're in bed, you know, or whatever have you. People are like, online shopping is supposed to be fun. It's not something that you want to be like, oh my God, what does that word mean, right? What, what, what exactly is she trying to say? The simpler, the better. Now, I really love Hemingway app. I'm not even endorsing it. I'm just saying like, this is an app that I use. It's free, right? You just go just click on like, you know, just Google Hemingway app. And what I like about this app is that it will give you a readability score that'll tell you like, what's the educational level of the person you're kind of aiming at. Like you're writing, you've written this, you've written this out. Now you paste it on the, the Hemingway app and then it'll tell you like, what's the readability of this? Are you aiming at a seventh grade readability or an eighth grade readability? Now I go a step further, okay? Now if I'm dealing with techie products like gadgets and like really complicated complex products like, um, uh, you know, like stuff that they put in cell phones these days, right? So if you're dealing with that, then yes, you can go a little bit above readability because you need to establish trust and you need to sound like you know exactly what you're talking about. You don't do that, you're not going to convert. So you can go up to like grade eight readability, no higher. If you're talking about children's products, if you're talking about toys, if you're talking about, golly, I don't know, like kitchen products, like a mandolin, like a vegetable peeler, you really don't want to go that highfalutin and like be all crazy about your words and be like all fluent like yeah you know look at me I write really well nobody cares nobody cares how well you write what people care about is how well you convert so people are always like they put so much emphasis on the grammar no 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 nobody really cares what people need to know is that you need to write in a way that converts so keep it simple sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way of saying that <laughs> So then for simple products like kitchen products and all, what should the readability be? Is it grade five or? I'd say it's a good level. Um, I, I remember I went down once to grade four readability and that was like really, really succinct, short sentences, very peppy, you know. Uh, by the way, I do not encourage the use of exclamation points too much oh, yeah. in your listing because then it just sounds like sensationalist. Oh my God, my, my product is just fantastic and I'm a used car salesman. So it does not translate well. So keep the readability low, but at the same time, make sure each sentence leads to the next sentence. It's got to flow. Your sentences also have a certain CTR involved in them, right? So if I tell you one sentence, you're going to want to know what happens next. That's the mark of good writing. Keep it simple, but let it flow. Right. 
easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's true too. Even for writers, even for writers, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. Okay. So how do we engage with um, people who are on our listing and how do we make sure that they convert? Cause yeah, you can have a good headline and I mean a title and you know, they, they click, but how do we make sure that they stay on the listing and then they, that, we can persuade them to buy the product and you know that they actually convert what are some tips that you have at the end of the day i think it's just all about entertainment i think that's it like the very bottom line of all of this is entertainment um amazon knows if a if if a customer bumps off your page immediately like if somebody clicks on your title right you have a good title person clicks they don't see any images the Product description is a jumble of text. You didn't use any HTML to break up the text and your bullets are just essentially keyword stuffing. Customer is gonna bump right off. They don't care what you've said. They, what you said doesn't make any sense, right? So Amazon knows and you're gonna be penalized for it. It doesn't matter how good your organic SEO is. It doesn't matter how good your PPC is. If the customer does not actually add to cart, you're done. That algorithm does not like you. But what you can do is entertain on your page. You can use that storytelling. You can kind of write in a fluent way. You don't have to use like the crazy words. You don't have to shift F7 every other word, right? You can, you can just keep it very simple. You can talk to people in the way that you talk, right? When you're having a conversation with people, would you really use that, con- that word in your conversation, right? If not, cut it out. Look for something simpler. You gotta talk to your customer. You gotta create a relationship with your customer. That's why I also don't recommend that the bullet points be too short or like the product description be, for example, just like a thousand characters on HTML. I don't recommend that because Amazon gives you a certain amount of real estate in every listing to use. Okay. Use that listing to craft a relationship with your target avatar. This is your chance to say, I see you. I understand you. I feel you. I understand your circumstances. Let's talk because I have a solution for your life. You know, and that's how you engage. You gotta entertain, you gotta inform, you gotta tell them, I get it, I get what you're going through. And then you've got the sale. Yeah, I love that. That really makes sense. And I don't think we think about it in that way. Like when we're thinking about our Amazon listings and copy and all, we're, I mean, there's just, you know, like five bullet points. How can you develop a relationship with a customer and, you know, like, um, just five bullet points, but you're right. I mean, you can tell a story and you can make it fun and engaging. And more importantly, you have to tell them what's in it for them. I mean, how does this product really enrich their lives or make their life better? I mean, that's ultimately, that's what they care about. (laughs) Yeah. Like they don't care about your features and your benefits, frankly, they don't care, you know, what they care about is, you know, you're talking about that mandolin, that vegetable cutter, you know, they're talking about, can I get my five-year-old to eat vegetables? Finally, that's what they care about. They don't care about how thin you julienne the slices of carrots. They don't care. They don't care about the millimeters thickness of your eggplant. No, what they care about is, oh my God, I finally got my child to take a spoonful of carrots. I love this product. You've got yourself a (laughs) five-star review, you know. Awesome. Okay, so what about emotional benefit and how do we communicate the core emotional benefit to a user? Okay, so you've heard the saying that logic informs emotions sell. Okay, so logic will not sell. 
Okay, you, even even in like, for example, supplements, which are very heavy on logic, very heavy on the factoids and like, this is what this does for you. At the end of the day, people still want to see some emotion in your copy. You can do that by putting like, you know what, look for persuasion revolution. This is very easy. Just Google persuasion revolution. You have like an entire list of words that you can put in your listing to make it sound more emotional. It's not that hard. But to get to the core emotional benefit of your product, that's a little bit more of a challenge, okay? Now, you can take any product, okay? Let's take this, let's take this pen, okay? Now you can identify a bunch of features for this pen, okay? And you can, for example, let's say, uh, one is that it's nice to hold. Okay, so you're not gonna, it's nice to hold. It feels comfortable in your hand. It's neither, either it's too heavy and neither is it too light, okay? That's a feature. That's a physical attribute of the product. Now you have to ask yourself, why does it matter? And you start that by putting yourself in the shoes of your customer. Who's buying this pen, okay? You look through your competitors and find out who has been ranking, who's been reviewing those products. Check your competitors out. If you're a new listing, or those people that are reviewing this product, okay? What do they like? What do they not like? Put yourself straight in their shoes and then ask yourself, okay, so it's a nice holding pen. It's a nice pen to like keep in my hand. So what? And when you find out the so what, well, I can write all day. Okay, so that's the benefit. So what? That's when you get the core emotional benefit. It means that I can write all day. I can craft something beautiful. It means that I can, I can um, write something better, right? And when I write something better, that means that I've, got, I've engaged my audience better and I'm more of a success at what I do. That's the core emotional benefit, success. It's not that it's a lightweight pen, it's that you're telling your target market you'll be a success. That's the core emotional benefit. How do you get there? Step one, find out your target avatar, okay? Step two, Find out what are their pain points and their gain points. And number three, put yourself in their shoes and then ask yourself, so what about the feature until you get to the very, very bottom of why that feature is important to your target market. That's the core emotion. Right. That is what sells. Yeah, and often I think sellers miss this step entirely because they go straight to, okay, I've got a great product and there's keyword um, demand and there's a lot of keywords and there's, you know, like, high demand, low competition, and this is a great product. But then, yeah, it is a great product, but then how do you make sure that you, you know, can convert those listings as well? So I think people just kind of miss this step entirely where they're thinking about who their customer is and what is it that they actually want and need and uh, aspire to be. (laughs) Yeah, like start from the end, I think. Start from the end user and then work your way backwards, you know? That's, that's what's important, I believe, in copywriting. Totally makes sense. Okay, let's talk about keywords. So first of all, like search volume versus relevancy. You know, how important is search volume versus relevancy? Let's talk about that first. Okay, so I also came from a traditional retail background. So okay. actually my first job, one of my first jobs, I was a wreck when I was a kid, I'm not gonna lie. So one of my first jobs, probably like my third or my fourth, was in a department store. And I stayed there for long enough to kind of understand what the basic retail cycle is. Now, I'm going to tell you what's the difference between buying in a department store versus buying in a boutique. 
right? So buy a department store, you can just kind of like walk around and see what's what. And like, let's say you're looking for a pretty scarf, right? You're looking for a scarf. So you go to a department store. You pass by the shoes section, you pass by the bags, you pass by the homeware, you pass by the pillows, you pass by the kids, you pass by beauty, you pass by hardware. You pass, there's so many distractions before you hit your scarf. And even right beside scarf, you've got purses and you've got hats and you've got face shields and face masks, right? So you've got a whole bunch of stuff within that department store, right? And it's great for people who are window shopping. And then you've got the boutique buyers. They want a scarf, they know exactly where to go. Because there's a boutique just down the road that's selling scarves. I'm gonna go straight to that boutique and I'm gonna be in and out. I go in and I say, where are your scarves at? They see the scarves and they're like, got it. I know exactly what I'm looking for. And that is the difference between search volume and relevancy. Search volume is your department store. You have a big market of people. You've got a huge demographic of people, right? You've got like, for example, cutting boards, right? You've got that, that's a department store. That's a search high search volume keyword, right? Department store keyword, cutting boards. Then you've got the boutique uh, keywords. You've got bamboo cutting board. You've got um, a luxurious cutting board or whatever cutting board, right? So now you've narrowed it down. That's relevancy, right? How relevant is this keyword to what your target avatar is looking for? And what I find a lot of sellers do, and of course, like this is getting into the real nitty gritty about keyword research was like another talk altogether. Give me three hours and we'll talk about that one. But um, essentially what I feel like a lot of people do is that they discount relevancy and they go for the search volume because they look at Helium 10 and Helium 10 says to them, you know what, you've got thousands of people looking for this product every month. And they're like, cha-ching, that means sales for me. No, it doesn't. It does not because you're heading to your scarves, you might have lost your customer in the hat section. You might have lost that customer in hardware because he remembered that he needed to buy a doorknob and he just spent all of his pocket money on that doorknob. You've lost him. On the other hand, if you're looking at relevancy, yeah, okay, there aren't that many people walking into your boutique. Not as many as your department store, but they're buying because they're in there with the intention to buy. They know they want that scarf and they're ready to buy that scarf. They got their credit cards ready. So that's the difference. Now, if you are familiar with, with digital marketing, um, there's such thing as a funnel, right? Now, funnels are very interesting to me because they really consider buyer psychology when, when they're bringing that person down the funnel. Now, I feel Amazon is very similar to that because you've got top of funnel buyers, right? Very rare you find that in Amazon. In fact, I'm pretty sure that there are practically none on Amazon because you go into Amazon and you've got that intention of buying something, right? Now you could be window shopping and searching for gift items for Christmas, right? And you're going to have a huge thousands of pages of, you know, gift items that Amazon can give you. And that's like a very high search volume, you know, massive mall of America type of keyword that you can use, right? You have so much competition that's really very top of funnel because you're talking about the buyer who's not quite sure about what they want. They're looking around for suggestions, they're up here, okay? And then you've got the keywords that are a little bit more dialed down. So you're looking at the middle funnel. These are like the high search volume and like lower relevancy, maybe like a relevancy of two or three. But these, these things are, for example, um, gosh, I don't know. What's a good gift item? 
I'm so bad at buying gifts, buying gifts. So it's a good gift item for people. You know what? Doll. There. I have a four-year-old. Okay. Doll. So doll, right? So that's kind of middle of funnel. I know what I want. I want to give my daughter a doll for Christmas. I'm looking at doll. That's middle of funnel. That's very high search volume. And in doll, you've got baby dolls. You've got Barbie dolls. You've got dolls who pee and poo in their diapers. You've got, you've got dolls that are for adults. And you've got dolls for doll houses. And you've got, there's so many dolls. So by prioritizing doll as your keyword, you've put yourself alongside a bunch of other sellers who are using doll as that keyword as well. What are the chances that you're going to be number one for that? Probably pretty low. Then you dial it down further. She's really into these baby alive dolls. You know, the ones that they have diapers and then like you give them like a little bit of, you know, they have like a sippy cup and then you put water in them and then automatically the wee wee comes out. She's so crazy about that. And I think it's a whole potty training thing. But so if I'm going to keep baby alive doll, that is a very specific keyword. And that targets the bottom of funnel buyer like me, who is specifically looking for a baby alive doll. I know what I want and I need to buy it or else she's going to have a hissy fit. If I give her a doll that's not a baby alive doll, I'm ready to buy it. So it spells the difference between do you want somebody who's kind of just moseying around looking in the department store, not really sure if they're going to buy, just kind of window shopping. Or are you going to look for somebody like you're going to track the customer that's like, yeah, I want a doll. I'm not quite sure which doll. Or are you going to go for the one that says, I want a baby alive doll and I need it now and I need to give you my credit card, just take my money so that she shuts up. So it depends on which customer you're looking for and it depends how quickly you want to convert. Right. Very long story, but yeah, that's <laughs> essentially. Yeah, it's sort of like short tail, long tail keywords. I mean, that's another way of, I guess, you know, talking about it. So let's say I've identified, you know, five, uh, keyword phrases that I want to target. And these are my very relevant keywords. Um, they're not the high level, they're very specific long tail keywords. How do I put all of those keywords of weave all of those keywords into my listing to communicate to the algorithm that this is what I am targeting at? Because when I say baby alive doll, then of course, the keyword doll is also in the listing, right? So isn't Amazon going to try to rank me for doll as well? Well, yeah, you, you do want to rank for doll as well, right? Because it is a doll, essentially speaking. Yeah. But um, if you look at your Amazon listing, like if you look at a live listing, it'll say number one of this category, number 345 of this category, number 672 of this category. So you're ranking for more than just one keyword, right? But I think like in my experience, the more that you dial down to those five keywords that you want to rank for, focus on those and try to win in that particular keyword category. You know, it's kind of like a gladiator fight. Do you want to be in the really huge category, right? With all the different gladiators and the lions fighting each other, or do you want to win in the smaller category, right? Where it's easier to make a win. So what I would do, what I usually do is that on Helium 10, I go through Frankenstein and Scribbles. I take baby alive doll, for example, or baby alive tropical doll, whatever have you. And I'll key that into Frankenstein. So I've got baby alive tropical doll, four keywords, short tail, like whatever you want to call them, just key phrases and put that in the listing, intersperse that throughout the listing. But at the same time, in my title, which is the number one ranking thing on the algorithm, 
I need to put maybe a live tropical doll in its entirety, stuck together, all four words, so that the algorithm knows that's the one that you want to rank for. That's the gladiator arena that you want to be in. Okay, totally makes sense. Okay, so what about buyer psychology and why is that important? You need to understand what your customers want from you. You know, you, in fact, they don't even want it out of you. They want it out of something. They want, they want a thing, right? So how do you put yourself in front of that buyer and say, I got what you need. And the way to do that is something that I love and it's called voice of customer. Now, this is a, not something that I'm going to claim. This is by copy hackers. So you're going to want to Google that copy hackers voice of customer, and it will tell you exactly how to mine your data or your competitor's data, as it were, to find out what customers want and what they're thinking and what intrigues them and what are their pain points? What are their pain points, right? Go on Google and look for YouTube videos about your product. Go to Huffington Post, go to BuzzFeed, go to um, the Economist, go to all of these different places. So what I usually do when I'm researching product, I go from macro to micro, okay? So we've got the macro. This is like the Google universe. This is what Google says about your product. Go all the way until page four if you have to, to understand what people are saying about your product. You're looking at blogs, you're looking at reviews, you're looking at, you know, those ranking sites like 10 best drills for the DIYer, that sort of stuff. Then you go a little bit more insular, right? You, you talk more about like what people are saying about why they need it, right? You talk about like on Pinterest, on, on, on Instagram, on Facebook, what are people saying about this product? Go to the forums, go to Reddit, go to Quora. Then you look at the microcosm of your product. This is on Amazon. Amazon is a microcosm. People think it's their entire galaxy. No, no, no. It's just a tiny little piece of the pie. What are people saying about that product on Amazon? And when you've got that perspective, I would say nine out of 10 times, you're thinking about a very specific person with very specific needs. Target that person, and I even have up to three. You've got your primary market, you've got your secondary market, and you've got your incidental market, right? So those are the people that you need to be speaking to. Speak to your primary market, understand that your secondary market will follow suit and your incidental market, you don't need to target them because they make a very small percentage of your entire sales pie, right? So it's just choose your market, understand them fully, and speak to them. Use voice of customer to understand what it is that they want. Put what they're saying into your listing. If they're saying, I love the baby alive because it was such a cute gift for my granddaughter, you're going to want to put that in your listing. Cute gift for granddaughter. Because that customer will be like, you know, Nana will be like, oh, you know what? That's exactly what I said the other day. I was looking for a cute gift for my granddaughter. And she comes across in your listing and you literally said, this is a cute gift for your granddaughter. Nana's going to be like, this one, I'm going to click on this one. I'm going to buy this one because it spoke to her in the language she understands, the language that she used to, that she's using herself. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. So there's just so much work that needs to be done even before <laughs> you sit down and, you know, think about the title or the description or everything. And, and I think all of that, the more work you do up front, the easier it becomes down the line to write the listing and everything. So fantastic. Okay, before we start wrapping up here, Anna, do you have any tips for people on how to do keyword research? Because that is such an important aspect of 
um, you know, writing the listing and everything. And I think people get stuck, even though they use Helium 10 and everything, but there's so many different ways of, you know, identifying the um, right keywords to target. So do you have any advice or tips on how to do keyword research for a specific product? You know what? Surprisingly, I don't because there's so many different ways to skin a cat. And I feel like there's no one right way. Like I heard of a very, very successful seller who didn't use any keywords on Amazon at all. Not a single bit. Like he had PPC, but he leveraged Google. So he did all of his SEO on Google, right? And he has an e-commerce site and that e-commerce site on Google existed for the sole purpose of driving traffic to his Amazon URL. So that was how he hacked the algorithm, okay? There's other people who, like me, they really prioritize the balance between search volume and relevancy, okay? There's some people who are so reliant on PPC. Now, I don't personally recommend this. I feel like there should be like, put a little bit of emphasis in your organic as well, not just on your PPC. But I've known people who are so focused on PPC that their front end is just a story. There's not much keyword put in there, you know? So all I can say is test it, write it, test it, see what works for you, see where you're most comfortable, right? Different people have different kinds of intelligence. I really believe that. So if you feel that you're more comfortable using this and it works for you, more power to you. Great. No problem, right? There's so many different ways. And that's, I think, what I love the most about Amazon there's no one size fits all ruling, right? You just keep experimenting and you keep on growing. And today you make a mistake, tomorrow you fail forward and you figure out something better to do, you know? That's actually one of the things that I really love about this platform. Yeah, totally makes sense. Okay, awesome. Anna, well, that has been, this has been amazing. You've shared so much good information and uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to find this very useful. So um, do you also want to talk about your services and how, um, you know, your copywriting services and how people can reach out to you? So first of all, I just want to say that Anna, you've done a great job with my listing. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much for that. I'm so happy. (laughs) It was, it was um, like this big pressure. I was like, oh my God, I'm writing a listing for Megala. Am I going to get this right? Please, Lord, please, Lord. It's like setting a prayer as well as I was writing it. So I'm glad yeah, it you liked was, it. It was really amazing. And it was so descriptive and it's not an easy product to write about. It's very, it's a very simple kind of product, but yeah, you did a great job with it. So thank you so much for that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast and tell the world about Anna. Thank so, you. That's so sweet. Yeah, thank yeah, you. absolutely. So yeah, Anna, how can, first of all, what kind of services do you offer for Amazon sellers? Let's talk about uh, that in detail. And then also how, what's the best way for people to reach you? So um, I pretty much write everything that there is on Amazon from your full listing copywriting. So your listing optimization down to your A plus content, uh, your delivery email, product inserts, packaging, even storefront. We've done a little bit of, but that's very complicated. I need to like kind of work with a good graphic designer for that one. But um, yeah, so when it comes to your Amazon copywriting, chances are we've done it and like I know how to do it. And um, the best way to get in touch with me, I think is through my website. It's going to be long. Forgive me. I have to find the URL. Yeah, that's okay. I think we'll just post the URL in on, on the show notes. And um, I guess people can also look you up on Facebook and, you know, maybe send a message to you over yes. there as well. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, but we'll also post the the note uh, the the website link in the show notes. 
Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for your time today and for sharing all of this wonderful information. You have a great day ahead. Take care. For having me, and it was good to see you again. Yes, absolutely. Good luck with your listing. Let me know how it goes. I will. Okay, bye.